Hello and welcome to this week's Comics Pals comic book reviews. Uh, we've got four books on the docket this week. Today we're going to be talking about Sinister War number one, Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow number four, Way of X number four, and Infinite Frontier number two. So the biggest books out from Marvel and DC week or this week are going to be the ones we're talking about. And uh, hopefully you guys are going to enjoy our conversation. Before we jump into Sinister War number one, we do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. Type us into your Google machine, we'll come up. Uh, listen to our main show that drops every single Monday where we're talking about all the characters you love and all the places you can find them. Make sure that while you are listening to us, you drop that follow uh, leave us a rating or a review. If you're listening to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, comment in the comment section, share the video with your friends, all that jazz. It's free to do and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Just so you know, our reviews are going to be moving. Uh, we are going to be dropping our reviews on Thursdays uh, coming up here uh, after this week. So you can look for those, our reviews for all the Marvel books and DC books that we've been doing. Those will be dropping on Thursdays and our image reviews will stay where they've been on Wednesdays, day and date. So with all of that preamble out of the way, let's talk Sinister War number one. So this is by uh, Nick Spencer, who's been kind of driving the, the Spider-Man uh, ship for the last uh, two years um, with Mark Bagley who jumps back over to Marvel uh, to pencil this book. Um, you have uh, Andrew Hennessy, John Dell, and Andy Owens on inks, Brian Reber on colors, and Joe Caramagna on letters. So none of us here are reading the ongoing Spider-Man series. Um, I probably read the most of it out of anyone, but I dropped after like 15-ish uh, issues. Um, I just didn't love what the book was. Um, so we're coming into this with very little knowledge of, of, of what's been going on. So up front, um, I'll say I wasn't particularly confused. I was able to really pick up what Spencer was doing. Um, there were certain things that I wasn't clear on, but I feel like the book did a fairly good job of being an entry point. If you're coming in at number one with this, uh, did anyone, does anyone disagree with that? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I thought this was pretty easy to, to follow. Um, and I think it, it's funny cause I think it, it was easy enough to follow the stuff that I didn't understand. I looked up and was like very, it felt very, very easy to digest and be like, okay, get it. I'm, I'm caught up enough now. Um, and I think that coupled with, uh, Bagley's art, which is obviously, you know, like we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth. Um, it felt like weirdly nostalgic. Like it felt yeah. like an old Spider Spider Man book, um, and, and I think mostly in a good way. Um, and and I, I I dug that. Like I, I, it's the first time in a long time, um, I guess aside from the beginning of this run where I really tried to dive in on what's going on in in six one six Spidey, and I didn't feel super lost. Yeah, it wasn't particularly confusing the only bits that i didn't have context for were the stephen strange and um this like demon dude mephisto oh there yeah, you go you don't know mephisto. you don't know one more day my man nope. you ain't read the bible oh. mm -mm. this is about uh, uh this is book of job all over it 
uh yeah no idea what that was about um but everything else yeah was simple to follow i wish i could say it's gonna rock your world (laughs) i wish i could say that uh yeah i think the strength of this actually is is that it feels like a quintessential spider-man story uh you know peter parker's in over his head and then it gets worse (laughs) and that's (laughs) spider-man yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I I enjoyed this up front. Yeah, yeah I, me too. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was fun. Nick Spencer's style is something that, you know, like if you look beyond his, um, you know, like the more heavy stuff that he did with Secret Empire, uh, he does do a lot of comedy in his books. That's something that he's known for. Um, and that's present here. And it caught me off guard because i forgot that so like when the whole premise is that they're at the the movie premiere of mysterio's movie and mary jane's like the main star and you know the two sinister factions are coming to like get their revenge or whatever i was like what the it just feels so silver agey like it's so classic spider-man shit you know like there's no major like at least on their part there's no major scheme or or plot to like no. you know destroy the world like they they literally just are are coming to crash this movie it's man. just like, beef it's literally it's just, just beef, beef. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was so hilarious that the entire inciting incident of this is that they're like mad at mysterio <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 super funny but there is stuff going on behind the surface, and that's the part that Marco did find confusing. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, this is actually like a direct – that part is a follow-up on the One More Day storyline from 2006 uh, where essentially uh, Peter Parker's identity was, was – um, as Spider-Man was revealed by him by choice in Civil War, Kingpin – used that information against him to have uh, Aunt May assassinated. And on her deathbed, Peter Parker tried to get Doctor Strange to help, try to get Reed to help, Iron Man, all these different people. Ultimately, he turned to Mephisto, who was able to restore her health in exchange for Peter's relationship with Mary Jane, which meant that their marriage was dissolved. Um, Well, more like it it, it didn't happen. And their love was uh, finished. Since then, that was like one of the most controversial, reviled storylines in Spider-Man's history and Marvel's history, I think it's fair to say. Joe Gazeta got divorced and then ruined Spider-Man. And since that point, there's been a a dance in Spider-Man comics of not wanting to completely uproot the continuity, but also wanting Mary Jane back in the fold. And this this is the closest we've ever gotten to fully getting past that storyline where they're together again and clearly here Pete's trying to marry her again like we're getting to that point but the Mephisto aspect with Doctor Strange is it was a deal that they made and it cannot be broken according to Mephisto so yeah deal with the devil yes exactly literally yeah (laughs) and I don't think we know what happens if they just organically get past like, if they organically get to the point where they want to get married again. I don't know that we know what happens. Well, I, the sin, two Sinister Six teams attack, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I, I mean, <laughs> I like famously don't like that story. Um, not that's not a hot take at all, right? Um, I I'm cool with that if Nick Spencer wants to take his opportunity now to be like, yeah, no, I'm gonna retcon this out of existence because fuck that story, frankly. Um, that's cool with me. And the rest of this issue, just good. It's just fun Spider-Man dialogue. Like I, I, you mentioned the humor. I thought more often than not, it landed really well. Um, one of my favorite jokes was the thing with King Cobra and Spider-Man's just like, we've like barely even ever fought before. Like, why are you doing this? Like just shit like that. Um, it feels like classic Spider-Man humor. I was going to say, did you guys know the tarantula's name is Terry? <laughs> what? But I only just connected that he's saying Terry as a shortened for tarantula. <laughs> I really oh. thought that's all that was. I didn't realize that was his actual I, name. Is that his real name? No, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. It's, it's the joke. I oh. thought it was his real name. I thought Spider-Man was calling oh, him okay. Terry as his real name. I was like, oh, that's a weird way to spell that. <laughs> it only just clicked. He's just clowning him. <laughs> yeah you know uh in the best way possible this this does feel like a story that could have taken place in the 90s minus certain characters that weren't around back then but like this feels really old school nick spencer has a great handle on um spider-man's dialogue and what more traditional fans of spider-man want out of him and want out of his villains um you know a lot of people forget like old Spider-Man stories were pretty, like pretty weird. Like yeah. I remember one, one story where Spider-Man defeats Sandman. I think I'm remembering this correctly in the school by sucking him into a vacuum cleaner. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that, that I'm happened. pretty sure you're right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's completely nuts. And this feels in the spirit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, this was really fun. Um, I like, the way he handles Mary Jane as well. She's not, uh, you know, a complete damsel in distress. You know, she's been through a lot of stuff and she can handle her own. And that's something that, you know, definitely comes across here, but obviously she can't handle her own to the point of being able to like beat up these guys, but like she's <laughs> 11 not 11 super villains, <laughs> right? She's not completely helpless either. So yeah, um, I did like that. What'd you guys think of, um, of uh, Kindred? That was the thing I had to look up because I was like, yeah. I don't know who the fuck this is. Like, he clearly has some connection to uh, Harry and this woman who I don't know who she is. I I, don't, I thought maybe that's his daughter or something like that. I wasn't sure. Um, so I looked that up and uh, I guess that's a character Spencer created. Yeah. But it's yeah, super interesting. So, Mark, I'm sure you don't know. I'll, I'll give the context. Uh, it is the version of Harry that died back before One More Day, and then when One More Day happened, Harry got brought back from the grave. That Harry is the Harry who's still alive, the one who died, like, who originally died or whatever, has lived in hell and become a demon, basically. That's pretty And it's got a whole grudge against Peter. Okay, I'm back in. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's kind of fucking cool. (laughs) When I saw that... It was Harry in this issue, and I, I, you know, at some point, it's very clearly Harry, and I, you know, intuited that either by what was in the comic or whatever. I was like, oh, that's all right, fine. But now you say that, I'm kind of into that. The whole, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I dig that. I, it's kind of cool. 
yeah um it's definitely it's definitely cool and um you know like i felt that nick spencer's run was a little bit uh dry but and maybe that's because it has that classic feel which doesn't necessarily translate as well in the modern era but uh this book sold me like man maybe i should go back i had the exact same thought sean yeah yeah i did not so so you, you weren't you guys well you weren't that into this I, I mean, I like it well enough. Um, you know, if we pick up Sinister War number two, sure. Um, Sinister War. I'm I'm 98% sure I said Sinister War. I thought you did. I didn't hear Sinister yeah, War. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, normally, I'm pretty conscious of when I make a mistake like that. Uh, but uh, if we read it for the show, I won't be upset about it. Um, but I... I'm probably not going to go out of my way uh, to see how it ends up. I liked it enough that I think if we weren't going to read it for the show, I'd keep following it. Um, And it definitely made me want to give the whole run another look because I only read the first couple and, you know, I kind of fell off of it pretty early. Um, so I don't really feel like I know what it's about or what it wanted to do or anything like that. You know, I lost steam on it pretty quick. So I'd, I'd like to give it a shot. At least caught up to where you are, Sean. You know, get like get at least over an arc into it and see if it if it grabs me at all. Because I know this is working for me. Yeah. Um, how's the art working for you guys? Obviously, Mark Bagley is a a classic Spider-Man artist. I think most people would have him on their list of you know some of the best top guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A Spider-Man artist ever, certainly. For me, he's a mixed Bagley. <laughs> Very well. Very good. Um, when he's hot, man, he's hot. And and there were points in this where I couldn't even necessarily tell that it was him because he has such an iconic style. But um, there were also points where stuff just didn't quite look right, like some of the yeah. – some of the uh, facial structures, especially on um, like Mary Jane and, and Peter and um, uh, what's the, whoever Mysterio is, there's some things that just didn't quite look right. Yeah, I had that same exact feeling. Um, there's like the opening page on like, I don't know if this is like five or something, uh, where you're seeing Mary Jane, like it looks like Electro's there or something, or like it's like going back over people that she's been. Yeah, her she face, looks weird. There's, yeah, there's just like a, a few moments there that had the same exact feeling, and and some of that carried throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it was solid. When when we first see the Sinister Six up there, like that's a great page, mm-hmm. um, really cool, big, uh, splashy panel, and um, what's this guy's name? The the Osborne guy. Kindred. 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 Yo, he looked cool. And that bug that was around him, cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's so gross. It's like yeah. so fucking nasty looking. <laughs> yeah, he had his highs, he had his lows. Um somewhat balanced, but um there was definitely some stuff to critique. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um the page that, that you called out, Marco, was the one I was gonna call out as like it was a bit of a mixed bag, but I also think that he's a an artist that like i do have a lot of nostalgia for his spider-man you know particularly Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. his run on um, on Ultimate, Ultimate obviously yeah. was so you know uh, influential for for me personally, and you know is is iconic in its own right um, for that era and time. So like getting to that that first page where they're like at the um, you know the premiere and they're like walking down the red carpet like his Peter and MJ is like, if, if I think of them in my mind's eye, this is one of the few examples that would immediately come up is specifically the way he draws the two of them. Um, so while there, there are pages and panels to critique, like it's not, it's not perfect. Um, I have such a soft spot in my heart for his Spider-Man that like, I think that definitely helped, um, win me over almost immediately, you know, to, to think like, that the rhythm of this issue felt good and felt right to me. Um, I think his art was a big part of that, you know? I also think just judging the art by its own merits, it's pretty, it's pretty strong. Um, sure. You know, the, the, there's a certain like energy that Spider-Man fights should have because he is such a bombastic all over the place character. And I think that Bagley, you know, he clearly has an understanding of that. The panel structures reflect that. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff going on and Spider-Man is at the center of that. And it just feels, um, you know, it feels right. And, you know, it's not even necessarily something you can teach or explain. It just is what it is. You, you get know? it or yeah. you don't, you know, and he, and he gets it. Yeah. Uh, I've talked a lot about before about like the kind of like visual language of certain characters and like Spider-Man is, I think, probably arguably the one that you could point to the most because he has so many poses that are like, that's a classic Spider-Man pose, you know? Mm. Um, just the way he moves is so unique. And yeah, like, Bagley's one of the best to ever do it, you know, when it comes to that character. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Um, we may or may not review it again. Uh, issue two, if you guys want us to, write in and let us know. Otherwise, we all <laughs> clearly enjoyed it to some degree. Uh, a book that I think we've been a little bit more divided on is Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. We're going to be reviewing the fourth issue of that, of course, by Chip Zdarsky uh, with Pasquale Ferry on art, Matt Hollingsworth uh, as well on colors. Uh, this book has definite, oh, and jo- Joe Caramagna also uh, on this book uh, on letters. This book has gone some places and uh, this issue definitely takes it where I was afraid it was going to go. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. This is exactly what I did not want. Um, and so I'm a little bit bummed about that because prior to the ultimate decision to, in the end of the book, make the Avengers uh, symbiote infected, I was really enjoying it. Um, there was some cool stuff happening here. I really enjoyed some of the, the Spider-Man dialogue. I was like, wow, Chip really gets it. Like he yeah. really understands Spider-Man. Um, as soon as I saw the Avengers, though, I was like, okay, yeah, they're yep. going to be symbiotes. And so, yeah, they, that bummed me out. Yeah, that definitely bummed me out. Um, I think, I think I still walked away from this issue enjoying it. And I think it is because of what you, you keyed in there. Um, you know, I just, I think Chip just is, is, he gets it. He writes Spider-Man the way I want or I want Spider-Man to be written, um, I, there's like this the one page um, where MJ and him are talking before he goes to you know try to solve the problem, and um, 
you know, she, it's like it's very much like Chip boiling down his, you know, this is what Spider-Man means to me kind of thing. Um, and it's the exact same way that I always like come back to when I think of why the character speaks to me. So like I, I'm, I am disappointed that we're going to the all of the Avengers are going to be covered by Venom and it's familiar. Um, but I don't know. I just I really like the way he writes Spider-Man and I, and I think the art is really good. So like I'm disappointed by that development, but I don't think it was enough for me to like be out on this series. You know, um, I wish it zagged a little bit differently there but overall i think i'm still in um you know for the ride and we've only got one issue left at this point anyway you know i didn't even i felt like there were spaces where the art was just like off yeah um where is it it's like one of the early pages Mm -hmm. that's where i first saw it um mary jane uh was it mary jane no, sorry. So li- literally page one, the last panel. Um, and I think it has to do with the coloring. Um, but there's just like this like stark line that's separating the light side of Peter's face in the last panel on the dark side. And this this line and like this shading is consistent on a few other people like throughout the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Um, and it's consistent. Yeah. And, and Mary Jane on this is page um, five, the center panel as well. Like she looks a little odd. Um, the facial structure there is just looks weird. Um, yeah. Th- this one, this was one where I feel like I, I felt the art a little bit more. Um, and I think I've been a little mixed on it depending on the issue, but this one was definitely, I was, I was a little bit more down on it. Like, like overall, it was still good, but there were definitely its moments similar to the Mark Bagley issue. I actually, I feel like the art has been less consistent mm. throughout. Like, I, I, I've definitely seen that I've, I've not enjoyed it more and more across the series. Um, I just, Mary Jane, just I don't think, I don't think she looks very good here. Um, there were so many pages where I'm just like, what is his face like? Um, well, the one one of them in particular, and this is more like a staging slash emotion issue. Um, but it's this page. I'm holding it up for YouTube here. Yeah. I just don't like the, the the emotions that she's displaying on the page aren't consistent with what she's saying. And even if they were, I just don't think she looks very good. There were, I I just breezed past a a page. I think it was right where you are it looks like like the bones in her face are crumpled up yep yeah it's odd um and i like fairy i I think pasquale fairy is super talented um but this just isn't working for me right now for whatever reason it could be a combination of the colors i don't know but i'm just not feeling it the lighting is definitely weird on some stuff Mm -hmm. i could definitely see that like the the colors kind of throwing off on on some of the work um, I think later in the issue, there's some really strong pages, though. Like, um, the fight between uh, Peter and Ben, I really like. Um, it, there's the one page where it's saying, uh, when I'm angry, I'm unstoppable. No quips, no pulling punches. Ben can take it. And it's, like, Ben static and all of the different angles and, like, moves and stuff that Peter's done. Like, I think that's a really cool page. Um, that whole fight looks good. Yeah. Uh, the next page like has him getting like thrown through a window and it's like he's breaking through the glass and there's like a really nice use of depth 
um, that's created there. Like, yeah, I, I don't disagree with the, the criticisms you, that y'all have, have uh, keyed into. Um, but I, I think that there's there's some other work here that, that I really I vibed with. Um, and I think I think the highs were enough to push me through some of the lows. You know what I vibed with? Seeing Mary Jane with a gun. Dude, <laughs> that was fucking sick. <laughs> and she just fucking shoots Venom Reed like <laughs> Yes, let's go. Pop off, Mary Jane. <laughs> Alright, creep back away from the man. <laughs> It's fucking sick. Yep. <laughs> More books where was... MJ is just strapped, please. <laughs> yep. Gunning. I was definitely down with that. Um, and I like what Spider-Man goes through emotionally in this issue, you know, where he really wants to take ownership over what he feels is what he caused here. Yeah. Um, and recognizing that the symbiote is emotionally pulling from where he's been at lately, which is consistent with the story that this spawns out of. Yeah. Right. That's, you know, that's what it is. And I like the idea that, you know, Spider-Man either directly or indirectly has caused a lot of his own problems in his life. And this is that. And he's saying no more will I allow other people to have to lose because of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I have to do. Um, and I really like that. And I also liked Human Torch not being willing to let Spider-Man off the hook because that was bothering me that everyone was just like, oh, it wasn't you. Okay, well, uh, that can't be that simple. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it's specifically Johnny who is at odds with him, I thought that that worked for me. Um, yeah, definitely. Obviously, because they have such a you know a tight relationship, usually. Spider-Man's got to die, right? No. I don't know. I, I really thought yes. But this issue made me question it a little bit. Like, I feel like that makes the most sense. But, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I feel it just because um, as much as this is, like, what happened if he would have gone, you know, all the way through to the end with, with Venom, um, I, I think that at the end of the day, Chip's probably going to get across that he's going to come back. He's going to bounce back. He's going to be able to fix something to some extent and sort of save the day so i don't see the the end here being him dying at this point at least maybe an issue or two ago for sure but as of right now i don't think so yeah this ish- issue made me think otherwise yeah this is like a redemption arc i think he's gotta die he killed too many Th- people this might be a bit of a reach but it's called spider shadow right it might be similar to uh, Peter Pan, how he has to uh, when when Wendy first meets Peter Pan, he's oh. chasing his shadow and oh, he gets, yeah. gets it away, and she has to like sew it back on him or whatever. At the end, he might tame the symbiote and make it his. Mm. Like he has to go through all this to be the the symbiote Spider Man or whatever and make it work mm. i don't know all right well you're calling your shot that's a pretty specific angle i like it though i do like we'll that. see if that pays off uh we don't have too long to wait the next issue will be out uh in august august 11th so uh yeah looking forward to it yeah good finale hopefully uh hopefully they can stick the landing uh let's talk about way of x way of x number four um this is by... harris's favorite book 
This is Harris's favorite book. He thinks it's worth seventy-five dollars. <laughs> well, he can have it. Uh, well, Marvel cannot have it. Um, so this is by Cy Spurrier uh, with Bob Quinn on art, uh, Java Tartaglia on colors, uh, Clayton Cowles on letters, and of course Tom Muller doing the designs for the book. Um, yeah, the more this book goes on, the more I'm kind of not that into it. This I think this issue really ahead. cooled me off. Yeah. So basically, again, you know, Sai is trying to assert that, you know, Nightcrawler has to be forced into awkward conversations and situations so that he can work out what the religion of the mutants has to be. What's the mutant way to solve a, a human problem? And he puts, um, he's put in a situation here um, by Fabian Cortez um where so Fabian's power is that he can like amplify a mutant's power. Um, and so he puts uh, uh, Gorgon in a situation where Gorgon is like losing his mind. If you guys recall, he died in Ten of Swords. And so now his powers are all over the place and his, his identity is all over, his personality is all over the place. And so he puts him in a situation where, you know, he's like losing it. He's going crazy too much. Um, awareness, too much psychic feedback from everyone in in in, uh, in New York, and Nightcrawler basically has to choose between uh, killing uh, Gorgon to prevent him from killing the passerby in Central Park, killing Fabian Cortez to un- to release Gorgon from his control, or killing himself to pr- to protect everyone else from Gorgon. And I just didn't like that. Uh, because it didn't feel genuine. Nightcrawler could have done a lot of other things other than those three options. Those three options did not feel, even to me, like the only three. Like, what if he just said, hey, guys, I'm a blue demon, and I'm telling you that you should probably get the hell out of here right now. I feel like most yeah. people run away in that situation. Yeah, They're not just going to hang around for ice cream. No, right? Like, it's like if, if Nightcrawler comes up and he's like, hi, guys, he's about to kill everybody. You want to split? Like... <laughs> Yeah, that would have probably worked, you know. And he, and even still, like he makes another option. Well, I mean yeah. that's that's like, the point of it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, which is fine. But I don't know. I I agree with Sean. Where like it felt very like contrived. It's kind of like mm-hmm. this isn't that serious. Like <laughs> Nightcrawler's it, got this under control. It feels <laughs> this book to me, especially this issue, feels a lot like an atheist trying to convince a religious person that religion doesn't matter. Hmm. Elaborate. Well, I mean, like this, you know, false dichotomy of choice, you know, that, uh, what's his name presents. You only have these three choices. What are you going to do? Something else? It just, it just, it, it feels like it's all a test to try to get Nightcrawler to denounce his faith, be it, you know, the faith he has or the faith that he's trying to create. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it come it, to me, it, it reads as snobbish, you know, it's looking down at its nose at what Nightcrawler is trying to do. 
You think so? I don't know. I, I, I don't get that reading of it because, like, I feel like he is still coming out. You know, like, uh, he's yeah, coming out on top in these situations. Yeah, I guess, I guess you know, I, it's more annoying to me, which could, you know, there, which could mean there's an element to it that's working it, that everyone else is trying to put Nightcrawler through this ringer, but he's oh, coming sure. out on top. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I think that to me is what's interesting about it. Like, I like the, the idea that, like, the mutants the mutants have like solved a lot of their problems and that it just created new ones you know that yeah. like their problems were that they didn't have a home and that they weren't allowed to be a people and and all those things that we've discussed over and over again right and like now that they've overcome those things it's kind of like okay well now what you know like what are the values of our society like what do we care about if we're immortal like what do we care about if we don't have you know um an economy or, or we don't have the need to survive. We're not in living in this, you know, uh, capitalistic society where there's a scarcity of resource or any of those kinds of problems that, you know, most people, right. Deal with. Um, and, and, and when it comes to like oppression and, you know, um, and the fight for, for, for mutants to even like exist, like that's been the driving force of them as a people forever. And all those things are gone now. And it's like that leading to a crisis of faith for Nightcrawler or, or or him worrying about the moral center of their society. I'm super interested in that as a concept. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This was the first issue where I like I really I struggled to justify this issue as a part of that journey, you know? Um, because the the thing he's forced to contend with and overcome was hard for me to take seriously. I think uh, I think for me, what's been the most difficult part has been Psy trying to marry the onslaught narrative with all of this stuff. It just feels like a really busy book, and there's so much that gets wrapped up in it um, that I don't. It's convoluted. It feels it feels somewhat convoluted, and and I'm not. I don't know that I'm I'm enjoying it, uh, for the messages that it's trying to get out, and I don't think it's addressing a lot of the questions that you laid out, Pete. That part of society in this mutant world should be addressed still. Yeah, well, because it feels like that's what the book said it was going to be about, and now it feels like we're swerving, and it's like we're also dealing with onslaught, and we're also dealing with you know David and his relationship with Charles and all this other stuff that like feels like it's moving away from those things, you know? Yeah, and and, and you, it's well within its right to swerve, but I don't see the path that it's trying to go down. Like what's the connective tissue between those two things? Yeah. It doesn't particularly feel like it's dealing with those things either. No, yeah. it's more like suggesting them that they are right. problems and that Nightcrawler is thinking about them, which is also kind of fine. Like I, I don't, I get the idea that he needs to grapple with it for a certain amount of time, right? Like, that that's okay, I guess. But, like, I don't know. Like, this issue where they have the conversation with David and Charles, I felt like it was kind of trying to tie those things together. 
where like you know Charles is like like I've created this utopia and you know we still have all these problems or whatever right like okay fine like I can see the line between those things or whatever but like I don't know it just it feels flimsy mm-hmm. I I just think that this book is too basic like Cy Spurrier is asking us to accept a really big idea and not treating it like it's a big idea. And the philosophical conversations that characters are having aren't that insightful. No, they're not making me think, oh, man, yeah, I got to I got to think about this. I got to, you know, wrap my head around that. I'm not being challenged. I'm not being forced to struggle with anything. And I don't really see how Nightcrawler would be either. Um, yeah. And that's my problem. Like, none of these things feel like... Like, the the interaction between him and Fabian Cortez is a microcosm of this book, in my mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is what this book is. Oh, this is the only way this can go. This is so deep. How could you possibly have an answer for this? Well, I thought about it for two seconds. Done deal. <laughs> And I, I think it's frustrating because to me the the I think it was the first issue where they introduced like the the concept of like the resurrection and like Pixie you know killing herself basically so she can be reborn and that that's like a badge of like all of those things I was like yeah like that's super interesting to me and you can absolutely see how as a Christian uh, Nightcrawler would take umbrage with that you know um, but like. It feels like that petered out really quickly, and now we're just trying to find other things to throw at him that aren't as compelling. I'm confident that I missed something or that I'm the problem, but I found the uh, the sequence where um, uh, Legion's speaking with his father, and there are all these panels of people like raging out. I found all that to be confusing. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, okay. they they did explain it. Um, it just was, it was. I I thought it was poorly communicated, though. I yeah. mean, like what happened there. My understanding of that event, anyway, was that they're talking about it. Legion is aware that it's uh, onslaught. Charles isn't, and onslaught is already within Charles, and he's influencing everybody around them. Yeah. And that it's when Char- like he says to Charles, if you even speak its name, it's going to fucking break loose and we're about to be off to the fucking races, dude. And then he goes and takes the name out of his – he you know, steals it from his oh, mind. God. And that's another thing. That line that you just said would have been way better than the dialogue that comes out of fucking Legion's mouth. <laughs> I'm so sick of this half-assed accent that he's got. So. Ugh. All hell's about to break loose, puppet. I I think that that is like it's the worst thing they could possibly be doing. I don't want this to boil down to oh Charles is being manipulated. That's not cool. That's not good. Like if the if this whole thing is building to onslaught, I'm good on that. Like this is not I don't even think this is the time to be introducing that. Like there's so much going on already and I feel like if you're going to do it, maybe there was a cool way, but it like, I don't want that story of, and, and again, it's, it's playing out. So I'm not saying like, I'm already off board. I don't even know what it ultimately is going to be. But if the idea is that onslaught is working behind the scenes and is already inside of Charles and whatever, whatever like that. Nah. 
I think uh, my understanding was that Onslaught is around everyone else, and that's why everyone was in red. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until uh, mention of the name like brought him out into Charles, and then that's what's going to affect him moving forward, is that now he has infiltrated Charles, where previously he, he hadn't been. Right, okay. And, and that's fine. Even that, like, real quick. If the idea is Krakoa falls apart and Xavier and, and, and Magneto are like desperate and angry and furious and mystique and everybody because of they, they ruined the dream and all this other stuff and their negative emotions spawn onslaught, I'm completely on board with that. Mm-hmm. That to me is super cool. But the idea that now Charles already has onslaught inside of him as a result of this it's almost it almost feels random. Yeah, and like I don't know, we've been talking about how like they kind of have this villainous energy. They're very proud. Pride comes before a fall. Like all of that shit. I guess I could see the line between they're so proud and blah 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 blah, and that's how onslaught comes to be. But like I agree with the point you made earlier. It feels way too soon for that. Yeah, and 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 that that speaks to obviously us not knowing when this is all going to end. But this running in conjunction with the trial of Magneto and, and and Inferno and everything else, it just feels like a lot. But, you know, that's we can't we can only speculate and we could easily be sitting here in three months from now talking about how awesome all that stuff ended up being. Um, and I hope we do. But um, real quick on the art front, um, you know, this book still looks good. I mean, it is the house style pretty much now of X-Men, of X-Books. Um and it's fine. I'm not. I have no complaints really about it. Um, Bob Quinn is doing good work. Um, it doesn't stand out, you know. And that's the, kind of the yeah. the problem, I guess, is that when Pepe Larraz is on art, not only does it look amazing, but it's dynamic, and it's the best version of this. Yeah. And everyone else is doing his style, and it's just not as good. It feels. It feels. Uh... I mean this both as a compliment and I guess a, as a bit of a knock as well, not necessarily an insult, but like it feels appropriate to the book. And I mean that both in like he really nails a lot of the stuff, but it also feels like uh, uh, it, it, goes with the stuff we've been talking about like it doesn't always feel complete it doesn't always feel um uh uh, sure uh i guess again and i think i brought this up last time Uh, my biggest example is probably legion's hair like there's a a bit of that that feels funny but it's like but why like that it's supposed to be goofy yeah like there's there's a lighthearted air to the book both in content and in art and i think that works but it also plays against it a little bit at times yeah i think i see what you're saying yeah uh, I don't know. I, I've been digging the art. It's yeah, it's 
nothing special, nothing. Um, but there's nothing structurally wrong with any of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's 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 good art. Yeah, and some of it's very good. Like I, I really like his. Um, I like the way he draws Kurt. Like I really like the way Nightcrawler looks in this book. Um, there there is good work there for sure. But so, uh, they killed. They killed everybody there because onslaught, like ma- manifested in Xavier. And I'm guessing he's trying to get close to them, uh, Xavier Magneto. And so they basically wiped everybody that was there out. So now they're going to re- resurrect him. But when they resurrect him and reboot um, Xavier, he's not going to have Onslaught, right? Because they're rebooting him to his whatever his last save mm. is. We don't know. Yeah. We don't really know how Onslaught's working right now. You know, mm. like he's seemingly moving through everybody. Yeah. I guess I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that either. Um so that's a very that's a very good thing to now have in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, good call out. Mm. Well, uh we'll definitely be here again next month to talk about Way of X number five and where things are going. Um I wish I was more excited. But um, I'm still on the hook because obviously major things are going to spawn out of this title. So yep. it's worth reading for that reason alone. That's, um, it leaves me feeling very similar to Marauders where I'm like, ah, I really love Kurt. So <laughs> that helps. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, I feel like this book is more important than Marauders. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but let's let's talk about um, Infinite Frontier number two. So we all really, uh, well, I should say, I, I believe most of us enjoyed the first issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we praised Williamson for his, for his writing. The art was pretty good. And the story was enjoyable. This issue takes all the stuff that we liked, I think, and brings it to, to, to another level. Like, it, 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 it brings it up. Um, oh, that's what you were going to say. Okay. You think it, you think it, it doesn't? The, I hated the first half. The okay. Superman and Batman part, I, I did not think it was very good at all. Hmm. Why is that? It just didn't. It felt. <laughs> it felt silly. I don't know. It felt. Um, I and I feel like this is something I I normally wouldn't say about Williamson, but it felt like. It felt like someone who doesn't like superman or batman and and comes comes at them from the stereotypical angle Hmm. i just didn't it didn't work for me let me uh let me jump in with the the credits real fast and you can dive in um no no worries um joshua williamson is the 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 writer uh we had paul pelletier jesus marino and zomenico on pencils uh norm rappend uh, Marino again and Zermanico on inks um, and then Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors. Uh, Tom Napolitano did the letters and all that good stuff. Um, does anyone want to immediately respond to what Kale said? Yeah, I I don't think that I like felt that. Um, I think I found it interesting that they're not letting on more. Um, I thought that that was a good angle for them because uh usually batman's the one that's kind of like 
from an information standpoint, like has all the cards, but he's sharing it with Superman and they're both kind of playing coy. And I found that dynamic to be a little different. Um, and that interested me. So the, the fact that um, uh, that Agent Chase is like trying to dig into it is something that interests me because it's it's definitely uh it feels like the when we read civil war like the michael straczynski stuff or like the ancillary sort of piece where you know they're trying to dig into what like this larger narrative is mm-hmm. um i like that this is included and so the that to me because i enjoyed um i enjoy her inclusion and what it means for whatever she might output as like a story i found that the interaction with bruce and clark and her were, were interesting yeah, I, I thought so too. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't. Um, I didn't really have anything to complain about in this in this book. I, I think it. I I would generally say I agree with what Sean put down. Where I feel like it kind of feels like it's uh, elevating things in terms of like it's it's escalating the story. Like it's it's pulling us forward in terms of like what the actual narrative is here. Aside from just like checking in on the universes and like you know like establishing that this group is still out there or whatever right like it does talk a little bit more i think about kind of where we're driving with some of this stuff um and i I found myself engaged with it on that level at the very least you know um i i like that this book is very much trying to pick up the baton from um uh uh multiversity and you know and like really try to go forward with it um you know in a way that feels at least somewhat meaningful you know like obviously how meaningful it's going to be remains to be seen we're only two issues into the thing um but yeah but I, I think it's pretty cool like i i really like what it's doing on a technical level um even if maybe it, it certainly wasn't my favorite book of the week but i appreciate what it's doing um from a a broad you know top level type perspective in a big way for the for the stuff we read as it relates to this episode, this was my book of the week. Um, not because I thought this was so like mind blowing. I just feel like of the stuff we read, this was the this was what stood out to me the most. I actually really enjoyed the conversation between uh, Superman and Batman and um, and Chase um, or Cameron. Yeah, I think it's Cameron Chase. Yeah, Cameron. Both Chase. are right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like when there's distrust between the superheroes and the government or, or, you know, government bodies like shield or, or any of those kinds of groups. Um, I think it creates more interest. Um, and I like when the humans are taking ownership over earth and saying like, we need to be in charge of what's going on on earth. And you're either going to work with us or we're going to, you know, not involve you in our, in what we're doing. Um, so I really enjoyed all that good stuff. Um, I didn't necessarily care as much for the Thomas Wayne angle of it, but seeing Magog was crazy. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And I like that. Not everyone understands what's going on right now. Like everybody, everyone has varying degrees of knowledge about the situation with the multiverse. Um, so that's that's been pretty cool. I, this the, the scene I enjoyed the most by far was when uh, Chase meets up with Captain Adam, 
and yeah. she tricks him. That was really cool. That, yeah, that was awesome. Um, and then he fucking killed himself. He blew, well, he may not have killed himself, but I think he did. And he certainly killed her. He blew up and said, Dark Side is. That was crazy. That was amazing. Totally crazy. And especially because I, I, I thought that was cool enough on its face. But when you connect that back to um, what was going on in like the story beforehand, where it's, um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Speedy. Uh, Roy. Roy Harper. Roy Harper. Yeah. Where Roy Harper, you know, gets the Black Lantern ring and is like figuring it out and everything. And then he gets summoned by Darkseid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like you can see that this is it's building towards some kind of broader conflict or something like that and i'm i'm, I'm pretty intrigued by that mm-hmm. that 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 reminds me um we spoke on the last issue we talked about the last issue of infinite frontier psycho pirate was at the end and he mm-hmm. had an, an outfit that was very similar to uh what roy ends up in in this so clearly that's a connection to dark side i think i made that call or it had uh, or i said it was a black lantern Outfit. You said it was a black lantern, yeah. yeah. And somewhat that's that's right. Somebody in our Discord corrected us because it was in the secret files or something. But Roy turns into the the dark side outfit. So I was half right. <laughs> but Uh-oh. I also know what I don't like about this issue, and is there's no psycho pirate. I'm out. He's in the splash. Oh, that helps. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Roy Harper is a character who's appeared in stuff that I have read notoriously. Like, I'm pretty confident he was in Cry for Justice. Oh, um, yeah, he was. That was the first time I'd ever seen him. <laughs> oh, really? Him, yeah. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I have no context for him outside of Cry for Justice. Oh. Um, so whenever I see him, like, I just, I don't like it. Like, I associate that with something bad. That so, sucks, dude. I'm sorry. Damn. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't even like this. His part in this. Like, I'm like, okay, whatever. Roy Harper, big deal. Oh, shit. Yeah. We got to read that road trip uh, series. We no. should someday. Uh, it's very good. But even even his minor appearances in Green Arrow books between now and then are way better than God. I listen. I'm going to go throw up as soon as I say this. <sighs> Even in Red Hood and the Outlaws, <sighs> take a breath. Scott Lobdell <sighs> was better than what came out of Cry for Justice. Cheers. Big man. There are things that have come out of me that are better than Cry for Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Like that was rough. <coughs> that was <laughs> mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That wasn't cool. That's mean to your shit, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't take it back, but that was pretty mean. Um, I mean, it's fair. It's fair for that book. So uh, I, I, I'm I'm confused as to what the dark side angle of this is because I know that he like popped up and like killed everybody in the zero or whatever, but. If if we're restarting all of this like multiverse shit, right? Is that so? There's is there the one dark side, or is this like the multiple dark sides? Mm. 
Uh, when you say restarting the multiverse, what do you mean? Because the multiverse is definitely not restarted. Well, because like every uh, everybody keeps commenting how like certain people have certain memories about the past, about how like there are different Earths, and presumably in each Earth there's a different dark side antagonist. Maybe. Yeah, it's that's not necessarily true, you know. Mm. You think about it, right? Like a lot of the alternate Earths that were talked about in multiversity a bunch of them are universes that don't have any of the dc characters as we know them you know yeah um there's what's his name the iron man analog and his universe is the marvel universe you know right there's the dude that's the savage dragon guy you know um so presumably dark side doesn't exist in those realities right yeah uh we don't know enough to know but I do agree. Not not that not that the dark side angle is um, confusing. Just more that like we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, sure. so, so I'm I'm interested in where they're taking it. Anytime you got dark side involved, uh, you know, there's certain markers. Like Kale Kale and I were saying last time, like when you see Psycho Pirate, when you see Dark Side, if you see a, an anti monitor or any monitor, like you know you're in for some stuff. And again, this book is delivering almost all of that like we've already seen the pirate we've dark side is like all we need is anti-monitor and we know it's lit um barry allen's doing some shit barry allen exactly he's like chained up somewhere like yeah shit's popping off that's original crisis shit barry allen's off in danger other than roy harper the only other thing that i did not like was actually the little like pseudo infographic type of page that yeah. follows the, the big uh, explosion. We talk about pages that don't make any sense. Why would, like, was this written for me or Dr. Bones? <laughs> or Director Bones, rather. Yeah. Because he's, he's sitting there with this, you know, iPad in front of him and he's looking at this the multiversal monitors where they're showing all these different events going on. And on this, on this, um, you know, tablet, it says what team is Oracle forming and why? Okay. So dark side is involved in some crazy multiversal, you know, wildness. And you're worried about what Oracle's doing. That seems a little bit below his pay grade. I feel like I would, I would even be able to accept that as an item on the list better if it was lower. Like number eight, number one, (laughs) number eight is how is Roy Harper alive? Isn't that a more interesting question? (laughs) Yeah. Which hero is wearing a black lantern ring? That's kind of, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Like, and also what type of question is, has the fastest man alive outrun his past? Like, are you writing creatively for yourself? Yeah. Or like you wouldn't write that if if you were just if you needed to think about this thing. Sean, director Bones is practicing for his upcoming open mic. All right. He's not super confident in his poetry. Yeah. What is Fear State? Fear State is a is a DC event coming up in August. Like, what type of question is that? Yeah, it just it's so blatantly marketing that it just doesn't feel good. It's just like why put it why try to present it as in universe? Yeah. DC loves to do dumb things like this. I, I, uh, man. you could present that same page out of context and it would be, diff- it would, you wouldn't be like, ugh. Even the, even the page that says discover the answers here, like the ad that's right behind oh it. Oh my God. Why not just make that page the, 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 the question page? Yeah. Like. Rather than showing all of the, uh, covers, 
right? Like, just show that same image. <laughs> show the covers, but put the questions next to it. 100%. That is that is exactly the way you 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 do this. Like you I don't need to look at Dr. or Mr. Bones like, "Huh, I wonder what while he's thinking about the question of will Jonathan Kent be able to fill his father's shoes as Superman?" Is that something that he's investigating? Because you can't know the answer. Like that didn't it didn't happen. Like, will he? I don't know. Like just silliness. Does he know what the god sphere is? Nobody knows where Wonder Woman is. Does he know where Wonder Woman is? Anyway, that aside, uh, the book looks good. Yes, it does. Yeah. Paul Pelletier, excellent. Yep. I think the art's Everybody really brought their, their, their A game, I thought, on this issue, visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, I really like the way Batman looks in the first section of the book. I, I really like how he's drawn. Um, and as much as I don't really necessarily care about the Thomas Wayne angle or whatever... Um, his suit looks so fucking cool. I like. I really like yeah. the logo on his suit a lot. <laughs> yeah, the logo is like it almost looks like retro. Yeah, um, it's got like a red outline, and uh-huh. it's like a little wider. It's a little skinnier. Like it's super cool. Dig it a lot. Yeah, even the you know, and I shudder to say this, even the Roy Harper parts look amazing. That fucking shot of him using the uh, the ring to make the bow and arrow. I was like, that's that's so dope. Like that's a really cool shot. <laughs> it's a cool shot, but I was I was sitting there like, if 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 his name is Black Arrow, and the only thing he thinks to do with a Black Lantern ring is shoot arrows with it, I need this guy to be dead again. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really lame. He said he's not gonna call himself Black Arrow. <laughs> He's going to call himself Black Arrow. Jason's going to make fun of him. (laughs) All right. Well, otherwise, the issue was really good. I actually can't wait to see where this story goes. Me too. Um, So I'm hyped for issue three. Let us know what you're thinking about these books. And if there are any books you want us to review that we're not, write in at thecomicspals at gmail.com or hit us up on YouTube where you guys have uh, generally been awesome about um, shooting us messages. We always read your messages on the main show. So if you don't listen to the main show and Pete didn't respond to you in the uh, YouTube chat, then you're not going to know what we're saying about your comments. So tune into the main show. It's one of the first things we do every single week. Listen to our, our comments about what you have to say and listen to us talk about everything else that happened that week in comics on the Comics Pals every single Monday. Come hang out with us. And also come hang out with us on our Discord server where we have further conversations about these books and all the other cool stuff that goes on with all these different characters. It's always a fun time. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back here with you guys next Thursday for a new batch of comics to review. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.